0: Hey there, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, no, a substitute teacher. (laughs) And there's no TV with the movie to watch. Sorry. Well good morning, my name is Mark Coleman and our sermon series is titled The Characters of Christmas. And today we'll look at another character that's part of the Christmas story. Now other than the baby Jesus, today's character is probably the second most important Christmas character there is. Now who do you think it might be? Mary? Who said that? (laughs) Who said it? There you go. Last service, it was Pastor Brad that said the donkey. And we all kind of thought, kind of fits. No, I'm joking. <laughs> But tonight, this morning, it was his dad. Is that right? It runs in the family? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not Mary and it's not a donkey. Um, it's actually probably your favorite Christmas character and the one you're most familiar with. i would give you a good hint. You, you are the Christmas character that we're going to look at today and a character you truly are. Each one of us is a main character in the Christmas story, which makes it a pretty crowded manger scene if you think about it. If you think about we weren't really in Bethlehem, we didn't actually see the baby Jesus. You weren't with the shepherds in the field when the angels appeared. You weren't a wise man, and you weren't one of the uh, animals such as a donkey. So you can say, well, how am I a Christmas character? But I'll argue that you are. So let's do a real quick children's Sunday school lesson, okay? I think you'll all get this. What is the one verse in the entire Bible that probably every single kid that goes to Sunday school learns? There you go. Scholars, you are. John 3.16. Let's read it together. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So John writes, for this is how God loved the world. Who is the world that John is referring to? Us, you, me, all of us. We are the world. You are a Christmas character. For the simple but profound reason that it is for you that Jesus came. His birth was to offer a way for you to be forgiven of your sins that separates us from a holy God. And here's the hard truth that none of us really like to admit. There's nothing that you or me or any of us could ever do to bridge that chasm of our sin that's created by our sin. You will never know how hard it is to try to be good enough. We all try to be better. We try to be good, but it will never be enough. Only, there's only one way to do that, and that's through accepting Jesus. And John 3.16 tells us why. Here's a John 3.16. One word, love. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you that he sent his only son. See, you're certainly part of the Christmas story, to be adopted as his child because he loves you. In our opening text at Pastor Bread this morning, the Apostle Paul draws this out when he wrote, but when the set time has fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. God sent Jesus to adopt you, to be forgiven, to be loved and cared for better than any human father or human mother ever could. God loves you with a perfect love, a perfect affection, a perfect provision, and a perfect plan for your life. You, you are the reason that Christmas happened. Do you realize this? At Christmas, I think we get so caught up in Christmas trees and Christmas lights and Christmas uh, presents. I know, uh, what is it? Bahumbug. And it was kind of surprising to me it's not even about honey-baked ham uh, that I get so excited for. I know. Focus on giving attention this year that Christmas is about Jesus coming for you. Now, I want to be clear, I'm not suggesting in any way that we focus on ourselves at Christmas. We do that enough every day throughout the year, don't we? At Christmas, we are not the ones that deserve a present. It's not our birthday. We've done nothing to deserve God's gift. From the first book of, In the Bible, in Genesis, the first chapter, we read about God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, a personal, intimate relationship with them. But our sin broke that relationship. And the whole rest of the Bible is telling us the story of God preparing a way to draw us back into relationship, the relationship that he wants to have with us. The second to the last chapter in the Bible, the book of Revelation, John is writing about the vision that he had of the end times. And he wrote, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. That's the fruition of the whole history, the whole history of mankind, the, the whole story of the Bible. It's about that. It's, it's finally God and man being together again. Home. God dwelling with, uh, with us. That's the perfect, sweetest home imaginable, isn't it? And it's this time of year we're so drawn to thoughts of home. So much of the nostalgia and sentimentalism and emotions we feel at this time of year are directly related to home and our ideas of home. The place where our loved ones gather. The place of our childhood. The place where ideally that it represents safety and security and love and acceptance and affection. We even sing the soulful words every Christmas. Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. We all have favorite Christmas memories of home. Something that seems so magical at the time. One of my favorite memories is when I had three sisters, we were little, and we'd wake up on Christmas morning so excited. And when I say wake up early, I mean really, really early. <laughs> like 3 a.m. early. And we, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know the feeling, yeah. And we'd creep across the hall and knock on our parents' door. And we'd say, Can we get up and go downstairs? And they'd go, no, no, go back to bed. It's too early because they had probably just gone to bed. And so we sit at the top of the steps just dreaming and yearning to go downstairs and look around the corner. Just the glorious bounty of all these presents. And then finally, hours and hours and hours later waiting, (laughs) at least it felt that way. We'd hear that wonderful, okay, we're getting up. And then the dreaded, the dreaded, wait. Wait, we got to go to the bathroom. Wait, we got to fix our coffee. Wait, your dad's building a fire. Wait, mom's turning on the Christmas music. Wait, let me get my camera. They've had all year to find the camera. And then they finally say, okay, you can come on down. And I remember tearing down those steps pushing my sisters out of the way to get into that room and see all the wonderful presents that I got. My favorite was Fort Apache, this wonderful metal box that opened up and there was a fort scene painted on the inside and the outside had all these plastic horses. Imagine, no Wi-Fi needed, no subscription, no internet, not even batteries, it was metal and plastic. Probably lead poisoning, but (laughs) these little horses Well, never mind. I'll talk about Ford Apache another time. Well, what are your favorite memories of Christmas? What are your favorite memories of whom? I think so much of Christmas and the holidays as adults is us wanting to create those memories and those experiences for our children. But also, I think it's us wanting to recreate those experiences for ourselves as adults. We strive to fulfill a longing for that perfect home in our heart, those perfect memories, a home full of joy and fulfillment with people you love. I read an excellent article this week about Christmas. A pastor named Jarrett Scott Davidson wrote about the meaning of home at Christmas and he captures it perfectly. I want to share it with you. Like no other time of year, Christmas stokes this home fire in us. The season ignites the hope no matter how cynical you've become. That we may sit joyfully around a table with people we love and have it feel right. In spite of the disappointments, arguments, loneliness, and distorted dynamics, something in our hearts stubbornly grasps the memories, no matter how fleeting, of feeling deeply known, accepted, and loved. We distill these moments to the magical taste of joyful love. Every Christmas, we're hoping to savor another drop. Hoping to savor another drop of home. And yet so often during Christmas, after Christmas, we're left feeling that something just wasn't the same. Each year we have unfulfilled yearning for something missing. It may be a loved one that's passed. It may be a tradition or a meal that's skipped because this year your kids are with their kids at Christmas. Christmas. Or you're with your kids and your parents are at home. It can simply be for a hunger for the long gone magic of what Christmas used to be when we were children. We celebrate Christmas, but it's not supposed to be for all of those memories and memory making. Those are just the added benefits of us celebrating Christmas together. Emmanuel, God with us, this is what we celebrate God had a longing to dwell with us again that was lost due to sin. And so he came here to dwell with us because we could never reach him. Christmas is the causative event that provides a savior through which we may enjoy God forever in heaven, where we will dwell together in an eternal home. But it's just not heaven one day. God has sent his Holy Spirit to be in our hearts now, Emmanuel, God with us, now, not just someday in heaven. He longs to love you today and to live with you today. The Apostle John's account of Jesus' earthly ministry, John records, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Jesus says we will come and make our home with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Home, there it is. God provides a present home now in a moment-by-moment relationship with you through the Holy Spirit, dwelling within you, drawing you nearer and nearer to Him. And all that you long for, only He can fulfill. In the article that I just read to you, uh, the, the writer uses a Welsh word called heareth. It represents this powerful, unassuageable longing and cry for home. Friends, do you have this heareth for God and the relationship he longs to have with you? Do you desire to savor a drop of that perfect home? Know this a relationship with God is the only thing that can satisfy the longing of of the deepest needs of your heart. The heareth that your soul aches for. A longing for something that no matter what you buy or how busy you are or all of your accomplishments and the money you've collected and how many friends you may have, you're still left with an emptiness. It's this heareth that God has put into your soul that only He can satisfy. Friends, we can't have heaven yet, but what is offered to us is a home where God lives within us. And there's a word that we use to describe our part of that relationship with God. It's called discipleship. Discipleship is where we walk in fellowship with Jesus and be obedient to Him. And He sent us the Holy Spirit to make that walk possible. Christmas is just one week from today. Can you believe it? And then poof, it's gone. For a whole nother year. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. If you're a Christian, you've already given your heart to Jesus. But I'll admit, and I think you would admit, that we give it to Him, and then we take it back sometimes, piece by piece. And then we feel convicted. We say, we're going to do better. We give it another piece back. And we take another piece back. And that back and forth goes on. And it's those little decisions every day that we make that mean giving a little bit more of our heart to Him or taking a little bit of it back for the world. If you're not a Christian, know that all the world offers, nothing will satisfy this here in your soul for God. Only He can. As we celebrate Christmas this year, spend time considering how much of your heart He has. He's only satisfied when we give Him all of it. But here's the, my- the mystery. We're only satisfied, we're only finally satisfied when we give him all of our heart. Giving him your heart isn't some sentimentalism, it's not nostalgia, it's an intentional decision and determination to bow before Jesus and surrender all that you are to him every single day. My son Sam came home from school one day, well, actually from kindergarten, I guess about 12 years ago, and he brought home this little box. And every year we put it under the tree and it says, to Jesus from Sam. And he came home and says, Mom, Daddy. He called me Daddy then. Now it's just, hey, you. Um, <laughs> he's not here so I can talk about him. He said, this needs to go under the tree. And we said, well, what is it? And he said, it's a gift for Jesus. I said, well, what's inside? And he said, it's my heart. Yeah, right. Um, I'm glad he's not here. I'd cry. Um, Friends, Jesus came to make his home within you. That's the miracle of Christmas. That is what we're to celebrate, to dwell with you, not just in heaven one day, but now. He longs to love you. He longs for you to walk in discipleship with him. Won't you give him your heart this Christmas? Won't you allow him to fill feel, feel that heareth, the soulful homesickness, your soul's unassuageable longing that only God can satisfy? Jesus came to give you himself, to sacrifice himself on the cross, the greatest gift of all, Emmanuel, God with us. This is the Christmas celebration. What gift will you give Jesus this year? Why not give Him your heart? Amen.